0: Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 20th of August. A glimmer of hope this Friday morning with new reports today about what businesses may open once Australia reaches its vaccination target. The Australian is reporting bars, restaurants and gyms could be the first to reopen once 70% of the adult population is protected. And we'll have more details on the new plan from our reporter shortly. The Prime Minister meantime has announced a major change to the nation's vaccination rollout. From the thirtieth of August, Pfizer bookings will now be open to all Australians aged between sixteen and thirty nine. Scott Morrison says he is confident Australians across the country will be enjoying Christmas this year with family if more people get vaccinated and we keep hitting our targets.
1: I'm very much looking forward to that and making sure we have everybody around that table too uh, by doing it in the safest way possible. And I, I suspect and I hope that we can achieve it a lot, before, a lot more before then. But that, you know, it just requires us all to keep doing what we've, we have been doing.
0: It comes as the COVID crisis continues to spiral out of control in New South Wales with another record day of cases. A man in his 80s passed away yesterday and 681 new COVID cases were recorded. An apartment block in Campsie has been locked down after a number of residents tested positive and a new health alert has been issued for a backpackers hostel in Newtown. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian admitting we have to learn to live with Delta even when vaccinated. Rates are high.
1: We can't pretend that we're going to be zero cases around Australia of Delta. Uh, As the Doherty report says, once you get to 80% double doses and you have to open up, everybody's going to have to learn to live with Delta. Admittedly, New South Wales, we're learning that earlier than others.
0: The New South Wales government has also announced the lockdown will be extended for regional New South Wales until at least the 28th of August, as cases continue to grow across the west and far west of the state. In Victoria, the state government says there is no cause for alarm despite a spike in COVID case numbers. There were 57 new cases detected in Victoria yesterday, 44 were in quarantine while infectious and there are a number of mystery cases. Here is Premier Daniel Andrews.
2: Every case is a challenge, but if it's a case who's been in isolation for their entire infectious period, then that's the system working as it should.
0: In other news this morning, a plane carrying up to 100 Australian citizens and Afghan interpreters has landed in Perth overnight. A British Air Force flight rescued the Australian and Afghan nationals from Kabul before the Aussie team picked them up from the United Arab Emirates and flew them into Australia. Meantime, concerns are growing over the unfolding humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan, with thousands still trying to flee. Ex-soldier and lawyer Glenn Kolomitz, who is trying to get families out of the country, has told the project he can't understand why more people are not being rescued from the airport.
2: We have um, 17 people sitting in that terminal at uh, HK Airport right now. Um, Their brother was killed in Afghanistan working for our forces. So 17 members of a family, including three babies. Why the hell weren't they on that flight? The government has their names and they know they're there.
0: Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. We return to New South Wales and despite no details from the New South Wales Premier about what freedoms residents may get once we hit our vaccination targets, a new report today has revealed bars, restaurants and gyms across the state could reopen to people who are fully vaccinated. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has the details from Sydney. That's right, Taj, the Australian reports. The proposal drawn up by government ministers just needs to be signed off by Gladys Berejiklian and will include measures like fresco dining and capacity restrictions to make it more COVID safe. The downside, we're not expected to reach 70% vaccine coverage until early October. It comes as businesses continue to struggle during lockdown and this one will be heartbreaking for Ciders. iconic restaurant Golden Century Seafood, which has long been favoured by politicians, foodies and business leaders, has gone into administration, the business owner saying they're not prepared to commit to a long-term lease in these uncertain times. And to Victoria now and there's a new push for schools to be able to use rapid COVID tests which can give results in minutes. It's part of a plan to get students back into the classrooms as soon as possible and avoid further disruptions even during lockdowns. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, it would be easy to follow with models already working overseas. You'd think it's
2: a no-brainer, task to get kids back into class. Schools in California are already up and running with the simple rule for all staff to be fully vaccinated and have weekly COVID tests. Since March in the UK, all staff and students have been getting rapid tests twice a week and made to isolate for 10 days if they come back with a confirmed infection. The hold-up in Australia rests with authorities' reluctance to take up rapid testing with concerns they're just not as accurate.
0: Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. The treasurer was out selling the latest unemployment figures yesterday, but unfortunately the headline hides the reality.
2: Tash, good morning. And it really does, unfortunately, as you said. Look, the good news is unemployment 4.6% down from 4.9%. let us take that win. There's not that many of them during a pandemic, so we'll take that. And jobs are actually created, which is also a net positive, right? We could have been in a much worse situation. Some economists were expecting a big fall in jobs. So those two things are positive. The problem is that even despite those two numbers, the unemployment rate fell basically only because people stopped looking for work. And this is one of those statistical things where they count the labour force as the number of people looking for a job and that's the base they use to calculate the percentage. So it's like like you take away half of the people in Australia and say, look, the unemployment rate's fallen, you can't quite do that. So yes, a good result or decent result in terms of jobs created given what could have been the case, but that number hides the reality that simply people gave up looking for work, which is a sign of people leaving the labour market and frankly not expecting to be able to find work and that's not a good thing.
0: No, certainly not. And, Scott, as we talk about life post-lockdown, the vaccination debate is really interesting, not just for staff but also for customers.
2: Yeah, and this is going to be really important for businesses, Tars, because we've got to try and work out kind of what comes next. Now, some businesses like Qantas have said we're going to vaccinate all staff, including office staff, by the way. Others like JB Hi5 have said, no, no, we'll let the staff make their own decisions. Now, that has issues for, for bosses, for companies, for employment conditions and how you go about finding staff. But it also matters for the customers who go to those stores. Do you go to JB Hi-Fi if you're worried about vaccination? Do you fly Qantas if you object to their imposition of of vaccination? But they've also done things like this. There's an Outback Music Festival called the Big Red Bash up in Birdsville. It's now decided that every one of its 10,000 attendees, that's customers plus staff, must be vaccinated or actually even turn up. So there are fault lines now being exposed. There are are arbitrary lines being drawn about what we're prepared to do, want to do, and what we're going to have to do to basically go about our lives post-lockdown.
0: And also, interestingly, today, has got the fall in iron ore down by almost a third in just three months is taking a real bite out of share prices and also big problems for the federal budget coming up.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. So at the moment, we know iron ore has fallen about a third in three months. That's a big, big deal. It was always unsustainably high. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. BHP share price down to a six-month low. That's hurting shareholders. But we've got to remember that one of the biggest swing factors in the federal government, probably the biggest one in the federal budget, I should say, is the iron ore price and the impact it has on company profits. Now, the government doesn't get the iron ore royalties, but it does make a whole lot more money when BHP, Rio and others pay a whole lot more tax. And so if the iron ore price continues to fall and stays low at a really terrible time for the budget, we're going to have much less tax revenue coming in. And that's really going to impact the government's ability to start to pay down some of this debt.
0: Interesting days ahead. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Dash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The Storm pulled off a record-equalling win over the Titans on the Gold Coast last night.
1: Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right, 19 in a row, equaling the Eastern Suburbs Roosters of 1975. They had to do it the hard way. They fell 10-0 down against the Titans last night. Then they clicked into gear. Cam Munster was huge in the second half. Now, Coach Craig Bellamy says that that was never a goal of theirs, but it's still a special achievement. We didn't put a
2: whole heap of energy into it. To be quite honest, I'm really proud of this group for you know, being able to win 19 in a row. Like That's hard to do in any era, I'd imagine, but certainly you know the era that we're in now.
1: Now, while the storm of course are uh, rampaging at the top of the ladder the titans are in danger of slipping out of the top eight they will do so if canberra beat manly tonight the seagulls will be without tommy turbo with that cheekbone injury tavita funa is the replacement uh, that's the early game at suncorp followed by a blockbuster tash between the bunnies and the panthers can't wait for that
0: can't wait and talk about blockbusters brett it will certainly be plenty on the field with the afl this weekend and it starts tonight at marvel stadium
1: Very well done, Tash. Yes, everything at stake for the Power and the Bulldogs. They face off tonight at Marvel. The Dogs need a win to guarantee their top four spot. If they lose and the Lions beat the Eagles tomorrow, they are out of the top four and lose that double chance. The minor premiership is in play, should Port get the four points? And after back-to-back losses, Doggies coach Luke Beveridge says tonight's game is a great chance to put their season back on track.
2: This could be great for us, you know, that it's it's a finals-like game before the finals. There's a lot at stake and we know how well Port Adelaide have been playing, and how formidable they've been in recent times, and and if we put our best foot forward, it, it potentially does us a world of good.
1: Geelong and Melbourne have made three changes each for their top of the table clash uh, tomorrow night. The Cats opting to rest, Sean Higgins, Gary Rowan is among their inclusions. The Demons boosted by the returns of Jack Viney, Stephen May and Tom McDonald. And Wayne Carey, the AFL great, says neither side will flirt with their form before the finals.
2: Given that you go straight into next week, you are going flat
1: knacker. Oh, yeah. You
2: are making sure your form and players are hardened ready to go if you go
1: half hard or just a little bit that's when you do get injured and that's when you lose confidence and there's a reason to watch just about every game in the nrl and afl this weekend
0: yeah absolutely and i'm so happy about this the Barty party is back on brett and another impressive win for our lovely ash
1: Yes, the party Party is being held in Cincinnati in the United States at the moment. She's wiped the court with Victoria Azarenka this morning, another two-time Grand Slam champ. Six love, six two. She is into the quarterfinals, Tash. So uh, bouncing back from that uh, shock early exit at Tokyo, uh, she's into form, which is good to see.
0: Have a great weekend. Thanks, Brett. You too. British singer songwriter Ed Sheeran has dedicated his new album to longtime friend and Australian music industry legend Michael Gadinsky. The four time Grammy winner has revealed his new song, Visiting Hours, was written after Gadinsky's death earlier this year as he waited in hotel quarantine to attend the funeral. It will feature backup vocals from Kylie Minogue and jimmy barnes and that's all you need to know to start your day with australia today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6 30 a.m every weekday morning you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free i'm natasha belling thanks for your company have a great day stay safe and have a nice weekend and we look forward to seeing you bright and early on monday listener